welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello and welcome to Nerd Party News, the show on the Nerd Party where we talk about the news. I'm Mike. I'm Lance. And today is Sunday. May what what day is it? May uh, the 16th. 17th, 16th, May 16th. Yeah. <laughs> uh 2021 and uh yeah, we've got some news this week, not nothing earth-shattering, but some fairly interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, did you see anything good over the past few weeks? Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a weird week for me. Like it's, you know, it's, uh, finals week. So I've had like grades mm-hmm. and stuff do, uh, but I guess the best thing that I've seen is the, uh, NBA hall of fame induction ceremony that was, uh-huh. uh, yesterday as of this recording. And yeah, it was just a really nice ceremony. Um, and you know it it sucks that 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 Kobe is gone and couldn't you know do his speech, but it was cool to see you know you know his his wife do his speech. He had a good speech. Um, Michael Jordan presented two two people uh, yesterday. He presented he was Kobe's presenter, but he also presented uh, uh, Baylor's coach, uh, who was a friend of his from way back in the uh, in when they were in college, uh, they were both national champions in 1982 and they are also were on the, like, you know, part of the Olympics together. So like they'd go way back. So that was pretty neat to see. Um, but Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, uh, Tamika catching. So it was just a good ceremony, a good class. Rudy Tom cool. Donovich, head coach of the Houston Rockets our back-to-back championship years. Oh, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's pretty cool. I, I, I was at the basketball hall of fame once when I was a kid mm-hmm. and like I have to say that, like, I like for some reason, just the way like like we would take road trips, and that year we went to the football, baseball, and basketball Hall of Fames. Okay, and the basketball Hall of Fame, what it had like the most to do in a lot of ways. You okay, know? that's good to know because that's on my it's on my list of places to go to go see. I was like I was planning on going to the basketball Hall of Fame for my birthday last year, but. Of course, because of the situation of the world, I could not. Like, I had all these travel plans. We were talking off mic about my travel plans. <laughs> yeah. And so this is another one of them that was ruined by the pandemic. Because uh, I've been to Cooperstown, which yeah. which I thoroughly enjoyed. So uh, Canton and Springfield are next on my list. Yeah, yeah. Canton uh, is kind of, no, that one's a little, eh, a little you boring. Know. Okay. You, know, you know what's actually better than, than that is the uh, the Packers Hall of Fame. In oh, Green really? Bay. They actually do a better job than Canton does, okay. but well, the know. College Football Hall of Fame is really good in Atlanta. Oh, is that one? Good? Yeah, that, okay. that that was a fun one. Yeah, I have to check it out. Yeah, I, I've I've been following basketball this year. I've been following the Bulls mm-hmm. all season long. Um, it's been fun, but boy, they really—they're not a good team. No, but they, they've they've officially been eliminated from the playoffs. Well, so. you know what, you you guys took longer to get eliminated than my Rockets. That's for sure because <laughs> we are awful. As yeah. I sit here in my Rocket shirt, yeah, you you got to be really bad to not make it to the NBA playoffs. That's correct. They've expanded it even more now. I know because there's a tournament. <laughs> Twenty out of thirty teams make it. 
God, whatever. I Maybe know. next year. What can you do? <laughs> Not much. So anyway, what did right. you watch? Um, I watched a, a bunch of things, but I guess the thing that kind of stands out is uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Oh, okay. I haven't, haven't gotten onto that one yet. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's really well done. Um, you know, very much a sequel to Clone Wars, you know, done okay. in the same style and everything like that. But uh, it's more focused than the Clone Wars because you don't have like a billion characters and jumping around from one to the next. And like with Clone Wars, I always felt like I didn't know what was going on because you're just thrown into the action and you're like, OK, yes. I, but But there was like so much backstory to it that I'm like. I don't know who any of these people are. I I don't know. Why should I care about these people? But with this one, um, it's a much more, it's a much smaller and more linear story, you know? So it's really just about like these five or six people and, you know, just kind of taking them through their, their journey. But the first episode in particular was really cool because, um, you know, like with Clone Wars, I don't know. Did you see the last season of Clone Wars? I have not yet. Okay. I know what happens, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, so so like the last like arc of the Clone Wars like overlaps with the events of Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Like you actually see a lot of the same, you know, like moments, but from different perspectives and stuff cool. like that. And the first episode of Bad Batch also overlaps with Revenge of the Sith. So it's oh. almost like all three are like stacked on top of each other going at the same time. Okay. And like, I mean, they even like have... You know, like like you see some of like the emperor's speeches and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and like you see like the clones watching those speeches and stuff, like on you know hollow TV or whatever it is. Okay. So it is really cool how it just is kind of like this seamless transition, and now we're into the story, which is you know post Revenge of the Sith, which is you know kind of like dealing with the fallout of Order sixty six and how all these clones, you know just had a flip switched in their head and are now, you know, bad guys. And it's like this, this group of like misfits, they're like that, like they didn't get their, their switches flipped. Right. So now they're like, um, what's going on? (laughs) You know, why all of a sudden are all of our friends, you know, evil, like that sort of thing. Okay. So it's, it's pretty good. I I would definitely recommend it. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, animated revivals of classic properties Mm -hmm. that's the thing now and masters of the universe revelation is going to be one of the next big ones from netflix uh this is a series which is uh created by kevin smith and it's going to be a continuation of the original masters of the universe show from the 80s okay uh, like expanding on that story, but updated for modern times, you know, with kind of a more anime style and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they just revealed the first few images from the show and also revealed that it's going to be, well, the first half of the season, so I guess like five episodes, are going to drop on Netflix on July 23rd. Okay. So are are you a He-Man fan? Uh, not really. Uh, it's it's something that I, I obviously know about, but you know this He Man and a few of these other things kind of pre 
predate me just by a few years, right? So like, it's not something that I I grew up with or like it was like attached to, but it's something that I was always aware of its existence, right? Um, so, uh, with that being said, though, this does look really cool. Yeah, yeah. How about you? I, yeah, well, I, He Man. I mean, Transformers was my number one show growing up. Okay, you know, but He Man was number two. Okay, and. It's one of those things where, like, revisiting them in high school or whatever when I was older, like, watching those two shows, like, Transformers is is a show where, I like, I can watch it now and be like, yeah, this is fun. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not like, you know, Citizen Kane or anything like that, but it's entertaining to watch. Whereas, like, He-Man, when I watched that original show, I'm just like, oh, my God, I cannot believe that... I was entertained by this show when I was four years old. You know, yeah, it's, uh-huh. you know. Well, yeah, well, see, it's, it's funny because, like, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, because, again, like, this He-Man kind of predates me by a couple of years. But, like, for me, that would be what? Like, the original, like, Ninja Turtles cartoon and, mm-hmm. you know, like, you have X-Men the Animated Series, Batman the Animated Series. Like, those last two, I could watch those now and be fully entertained and fully in, in, engaged in what's going on. But it, yeah. it, it's hard for me to watch, like, the original Turtles cartoon. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, so I see what you're coming from there. And and when he first announced that he was doing this, I was like, well, that's really interesting and weird, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, seeing as how I'm a Kevin Smith completionist, like I'm like, well, of course, I'm going to watch this. And I was thinking to myself, like, I should just go back and watch all of the He-Man episodes, like all 86 of them or <laughs> however many there are. And, you know, after a couple, I'm like, I cannot do this. Like, I just can't. It's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I only do this with one thing in, in my life, and that's and that's Power Rangers. Because I, just, I just can't yeah. help myself. Uh, but th- that this also kind of falls into, this, in, into the same line of things. And I was thinking, like, when I saw this, like, because, like, I saw the voice cast. The voice cast is great. Um, yeah. the, the, the animation looks great. And there was talk, you know, like, in the, the Ranger community about, like, you know, doing a you know, an animated show with, you know, with the old cast, right. And doing some of the things that are going on in the IDW comics, like animating some of those things. And that'd be great. And I think if, I think that's what Kevin Smith is doing here. It's like, it's like, it's, it's a little bit of an update. It's still going to be the He-Man that is recognizable to, to the fans, but it's, a, it takes the, the material just like a little bit more seriously, right? Like they, yeah. like, and, and they just make it, they basically, and this is what I say about like the Power Ranger comics, like they make it, the show that you thought you were watching when you were a kid. Yeah. And I think that's what he's going to do here. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. That, that's one of the things which he said on multiple occasions is like whoever his like executive is, who's, I mean, there's someone at Netflix and then there's also someone at like Mattel or whatever that, you know, kind of like handles this stuff. And, you know, the, the guy is, I guess like a huge He-Man fan. And he's like, the only thing that I ask that you do on this show is, um, you know, when I was a kid, every week when, you know, Skeletor was fighting He-Man, like I legitimately thought that like He-Man could die, mm-hmm. right? I legitimately thought that that he was going to not get out of this situation. And he's like, all I ask is that with this show, you make me feel that again, right? <laughs> Which obviously means an update in some form or another. Um, but I mean, the other thing that that Smith has said, which is sounds kind of interesting, is like when it starts, it 
feels like that original series where it's just kind of like, whatever, you know, things are going on. Like, this is just another episode of the original series. And then, like, an event occurs which causes, like, a cataclysmic shift in the lives of these characters. Okay. And and that's where the story really kicks off, and, and it, it goes to, I don't know, kind of like a, a deeper place, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I I'm I, I'm intrigued by it, you know, especially like since I was a fan of of He Man growing up, you know, like I'm hoping that you know it does what that that you know executive says that that he wants it to do. Cool. And um, you know, I, I think probably what I'll do is just kind of like what I've done with like Mission Impossible and stuff like that, where you know before the show comes out, I think I'm gonna like watch like the top 10 like highest rated episodes of the original series or something just to give me a a taste because there isn't like a ton of continuity on that show oh, anything, oh yeah for you know? sure. so so i think that that should be probably good enough to to give me a little bit of a refresher on it yeah you know i, yeah. I hear you but i am excited i have to say cool. it's, it's crazy so another Netflix property uh, is Knives Out, and of course they're doing a a couple of sequels to this mm-hmm. uh, for Netflix, and of course you know Daniel Craig is coming back along with Ryan Johnson and everything, and they've begun casting on the the first of these movies, and of course you know it's going to be like a whole new cast because it'll be a whole new mystery, mm-hmm. right? Which is pretty cool. I, yeah, I like that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, the first cast, there was a pretty solid. It's hard to, to top that, but mm-hmm. they're doing their best. Uh, so far, four people have been announced. Dave Bautista, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, and Catherine Hahn. Okay. I think that's pretty, pretty I, solid. I like all four of those names, uh, two of which are favorites of mine. So, yeah, I'm excited. Which two? Oh, Janelle Monet and Batista. Okay. All and right. then Catherine Hahn, like, you know, I you know, like again, she's one of those people that who I've seen in stuff, but I got more of a like a an extensive look at her in in uh WandaVision, of course. Uh, I yeah. watched her show that uh Miss Fletcher on, yeah. on, on yeah, HBO. That was, that was a good yeah. that was that like that was really good too. So she's um she's becoming a favorite. And then I've always liked Norton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I, I texted my wife and I said like Catherine Hahn's gonna be in Knives Out too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, she's the killer. Yep. I'm it was not, Agatha not, all along. Yep, I'm not gonna be fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Well, uh speaking of, of Marvel stuff, uh new trailer this week dropped for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? I did see it. What'd you think? Uh well first of all Great name for for the movie. <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 like th- that series is goofy enough where you can say that, and yeah. it's like okay, yeah, fine. It, it falls in line with everything that that they're doing over there. Um, uh-huh. I did not like the first Venom movie. No, it was bad. Um, I have a feeling that I'm not going to like this one. I kind of don't care. Um, <laughs> but uh, am I going to see it? Likely, yeah. Um, the trailer wasn't really all that interesting, I don't think, but, um, it just kind of let me know. It's like, okay, well, this is what we're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Andy Serkis coming in to direct. That's kind of an interesting choice. Oh, 
Okay, yeah. did not know that. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I mean, it, it it looks crazy enough. You know, I mean, I, I didn't like the first one either, but mm-hmm. of course, I'll watch this one, and yeah. hopefully, it'll it'll be better. Mm-hmm. The, honestly, the most disappointing thing about the first Venom film was uh, Eminem's title track, Venom. It's just like, Marshall, <laughs> what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Not yeah, your best work. Yeah. Not your best work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, well, you know, Marvel, uh, they, they released a sizzle reel mm-hmm. of, of all their uh, movies, you know, basically saying like, movies are back you know yeah can't can't wait to watch movies in the theater with mm-hmm. people and everything like and by that. the way we got like five coming in before this year is over yep um, yep and they and they had a bunch of like first foot like first footage we've seen of eternals mm-hmm. and i think there was some new footage from shang chi in there yeah. and stuff like that so so that was pretty interesting but maybe the most interesting thing is that they revealed the official titles for Black Panther 2 and Captain Marvel 2, mm-hmm. which are Black Panther Wakanda Forever okay. and The Marvels. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty crazy. Indeed. Um, the Marvels, it's interesting. So uh, obviously they're going to tie into the Miss Marvel show that's yeah. coming out. And then um, Monica Rambeau is going to be in... <clears throat> in this as well and she got you know a lot of shine in WandaVision uh, that, but that also makes me you know raise the question where's Blue Marvel oh yeah I don't know who that is ah okay well he's a Marvel Universe uh, character and he's kind of in a lot of ways kind of like I guess the best way to just kind of describe him would be a black Superman type okay yeah so he is right. interestingly missing uh but we'll get into that a little bit later today uh but but yeah so that that that's missing uh from that that i that i think is interesting um but um we knew that that was going to be the direction that we're going to go with the marvels um anyway uh especially because the miss marvel show is coming out later this year uh, yeah and and they they said that miss marvel was going to be in this one yeah mm-hmm. so that's interesting, but the fact that they're calling it the Marvels really yep. does suggest much more integration, I think, than we had initially correct thought. So that's cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. Um, and you know, Wakanda Forever, I think that does, still doesn't really tell us anything about what this no. <laughs> this movie is going to be. No, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. What yeah. they do. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of eyes on that just because of the circumstances. So um, mm-hmm. I I'm pretty sure I'm I'm confident in their intention to making this, you know, as good as it as it can be and as respectful as they can be of uh Chadwick Boseman and his his legacy and his impact. Yeah. And I mean I'm thinking it's got to be about like Black Panther's legacy and yeah. not, you know, yeah. Uh, we shall see. Well, another uh Marvel project which is gaining momentum is Secret Invasion. You know, I mean, we we got word about you know casting like Olivia Coleman is going to be in it and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and now there are two directors who have been hired to make this thing. Uh, the first is Thomas Bazooka. Great I'm name. Assuming I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, <laughs> and he made uh, Let Him Go, which was that Kevin Costner movie that came out last year, I think. Oh, okay. Kevin Costner. Yeah, it kind of got lost in the 
in the COVID, you know. Yeah, I, I think I, I remember hearing about that because I was like, wait, Kevin's not directing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And the other director is Ali Salim, who uh, directed a Hulu show called The Looming Tower. I, I'm not really familiar with that. Okay, same. But, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that article came out uh, last week about, you know, kind of, I guess, clarifying something which was assumed by many, which is that the, the directors of these Marvel shows really probably have more influence and power over them than the writers do, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, a, the flip side of what normally happens on TV. Like this is more, these are made more like features than they are like, uh, uh, you know, TV shows. Yeah. So, so that's kind of interesting. I thought, and, and, and the funny thing about that is like, you know, the, the, I guess the, you know, the, I guess the quote unquote backlash about that. Cause like there was an article about it and it's like, first of all, we already knew this, number one. Uh, second of all, I thought that's what people liked, right? Because it's like the discourse a lot of the times with, you know, in, in, you know, among fans and stuff, especially with these, with you know, with things on screen is like, you know, it's like, oh, like, you know, the, you know, you hear all these things about like, you know, like, oh, yeah, let the directors do whatever they want. And then in this case, they are. But then it's like, oh, but what about the writers and the showrunners? It's like, well, we don't care about them on, on film. Like, that's that's clear. Because uh, yeah. nobody, nobody, nobody cares. But now they do. And I think, you know, it's a, like with lots of things. I think it's a people's issue is not the people's issue is that Marvel is doing it. Like, if it, if it was anybody else, I don't think that they would care. Uh, or any other circumstances, I don't think they would care. But because it's Marvel and they're successful at what they do. Like they just they track the haters. Yeah, that's true. I think also like the people who are caring more than anyone are the the writers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, the writers guild and everything. Where it's like you know, TV has always been their domain, and uh, now so it's a power thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's weird though too because like uh, the you know sort of thinking of how Marvel makes movies mm-hmm. has always sort of been in like the TV model, not that. Mm-hmm. The writers of the movies have the power, but that, you know, Kevin Feige has the power. As the showrunner, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of made like that. You know, they all have the same cinematographers, you know, for example, it, it, and it's really just kind of like the directors are not, I mean, occasionally, like with Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, you get like a writer-director who's brought in to... Oh, yeah, no, know, there's, that, or there's a handful... Yeah, there's a handful of movies that have their own distinct thing, but overall, it it, it fits into, you know, it, it is, it looks a certain way because that's that's the, the mandate, that's the plan, right? Like, yeah. it, it, it conforms to their, you know sports terminology their style of play their system right Mm -hmm. so it's no different from you know again like i've said this on this podcast before is like if you go work for them you know what you're getting into right Mm -hmm. if you go play for the yankees you're not going to have a beard right so like because it's just it's just rules everybody knows it right so um so I'm, i'm just kind of confused as to at certain backlashes that come about with with these things it's like but you already you already knew what was up so like why are you complaining um yeah yeah so. And and for the most part, you know, the people who do work on these things seem to be satisfied with with yeah. the way that they turn out. I mean, there have yeah, it's not Warner Brothers. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there have certainly been, you know, like for example, Edgar Wright leaving. Yeah, you know, that was probably the biggest one when he left Ant Man. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
Whatever. It's yeah. interesting. So, all right. Well, uh, moving over to D.C., there was an article which came out which primarily focused on the search for um, a new Superman in Ta-Nehisi Coates' version, you know, a, a black Superman, mm-hmm. but also a director for that movie. And then it got into sort of like how DC movies are, you know, being approached by the studio mm-hmm. going forward. So, I mean, I guess kind of the interesting thing in, in some of the press for Without Remorse and everything, um, you know, Michael B. Jordan has said, like, I'm I'm not I'm not going to be Superman. Right. Yeah. He basically said that. And this article suggests that they're pr- probably going to look for an unknown. Mm-hmm. Which I think makes a lot of sense because that's how they've always cast Correct. Superman, you know, and that's one of the reasons why the casting usually works mm-hmm. because you don't have a big star in yeah. there. You have Superman; mm-hmm. he's the star. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, one of the other interesting things, I mean, something that we've talked about for sure is, um, well, it may be a period piece Mm -hmm. and it looks like it is going to be clark kent yep so what do you think about that i hate it (laughs) (laughs) um because again like well first of all with the new information that it is going to be um you know looks like it's going to be clark kent because like originally they were like when they were just like they were just like okay black super movie and everybody was like okay valzad calvin ellis like established characters right um, and something that is uh, lacking on film is like, you know, and in, in, in all these properties across the board is, you know, giving minority characters their shine, right? Like established minority characters their shine. Um, and so it's like, okay, Calvin Ellis and, and, or, or Balzad will be the, be the choice here. And um, Calvin Ellis, you know, to give them credit, you know, his name was also Kal-El. Like, that was also his Kryptonian name. So, at first I was like, okay, well, maybe that's what they're doing. But when now it's like, when it seems like it's going to be uh, actually like a black Clark Kent and it's going to be a period piece, my thinking is what they're going to do is they're going to try and do uh, the elements from Superman Smashes the Clan, right? To to really be as, as, um, as heavy-handed as they possibly can with this. Um, but... That aside, it just like my question is why? Like why? Like we haven't even gotten Superman correct since Christopher Reeve, you know. Like and that's just with with you know regular OG white Superman. Like we haven't gotten that right yet after him um, outside of animation. So what? What is their what is their thinking here? And I know what they're thinking here is because there's like oh well, let's you know in the, the times that we're in we want to you know try to give you know more opportunities to 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 minority characters and and black characters and all this other stuff but i think the 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 best way to be more pro black in this case is to use existing you know characters that have already been created instead of just you know let's do a black clark kent like it it's it to me it'd be more much more impactful if they did Val Zod or if they did Calvin Ellis or they did John Henry Irons, right, to be Steel, or if they did Icon, or if they did, you know, Blue Marvel, like, you know, that's you know, like it that's, you know, a Marvel type character, Superman uh analog, but he's not in the Marvels. So um so what does well, that he tell might you? be. I mean we don't know yet, do well, we? Well he I mean just history tells me that he's not going to be. Um okay. 
So, um, you know, John Stewart, Vixen. I mean, the list goes on with established characters that have not gotten their thing. And I know Zack Snyder had a had a picture on his phone of of somebody that was going to be John Stewart, but he wasn't in the movie, Zack. So stop trying to do this thing again. We're just like, well, I was going to do it. No, no, no. You had your shot. You got millions mm-hmm. of dollars and you could have put him in there if you really wanted to. But you didn't. All right? I don't care. if you could. He was told no, but like he was doing his own thing anyway. He should have just given them the finger and done it. Right. But mm-hmm. since it wasn't. You don't get to come back afterwards and be like, oh, well, this would have been... No, no, no. You got to complete your complete vision, so shut up. <laughs> anyway, so... um, But in this case, it's like, it's just... it. I don't know what they're trying to do here. And, 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 you know, some people's worry, I think, is like, well, you know, Superman hasn't been selling, so let's, you know... You know, let's let's do this to try and like gauge more interest and and get more more hype surrounding the thing. But at the same, but if that's what you're going to try and do, like what you need to do is like make Superman good, which they haven't done since Christopher Reeve. So I just don't, I don't really understand their true reasoning for doing this outside of trying to make you know the statement that they're making. But it's the wrong statement in my opinion. I'm. I mean. I I see what you're saying, and I guess my thinking is, how did this project come about, right? Mm-hmm. Because if if they were to just say, if there were no names or anything attached, and they would just say, like, oh, we're doing a Black Clark Kent, I'd be like, well, that that's dumb. You should clearly be doing Val Zod. I mean, I don't even think Calvin Ellis is really a... I don't even think that's a real character, to be I agree, honest. You I know? agree with you. It was just a gimmick. I agree. Um, so, like, Val Zod seems to be, like, the one to do, right? Yes. But I feel like what is happening here, and who knows? I could be completely wrong on this. I don't think this is a case of Warner Brothers saying, we want to do a black Superman, and then going out and hiring a team to do it. I really think this is a case of Ta-Nehisi Coates coming in and saying... I have an idea for a movie. This is it. And Warner Brothers saying, that's an awesome idea. It's something we had never thought of and would have never thought of in a million years. But that sounds great. Let's do it. Like, I think that that's how this is 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 coming about. I don't think it's like them trying to... I mean, maybe maybe in, in hindsight, they're like, oh, and we can also check this box, you mm-hmm. know? But I don't feel like they are, like, like set out to do this thing and then hired a team of people to do it. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think, like, you know, someone who's obviously a very well-established writer came in and with a vision, and, and they said, yes, we will make your vision, you know? Okay. That that's how that's how I feel, and because of that, and and that's really the only reason why. Like, even though when they said like it's a black Clark Kent, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like a really bad idea. Like, that's the only reason why I'm still very optimistic about this because I feel like Coates would not be doing this if it wasn't like a passion project for him, mm-hmm. and if it wasn't something that he truly believed in. And I, I just feel like, well he's probably more creative than me and probably has an idea better than anything that I can imagine. And I'm excited to see what it is because if it's so good that they're willing to go down this road, which seems incredibly stupid, it must be like a masterpiece, right? 
This is what I'm thinking. Okay. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, okay. but that's my my feeling on it. Okay. Well, here. Well, here's I guess my my response to that. You're just like, well, you think that Coates had an idea, brought it to WB, and they were like, "This is great," and I yeah. think that is the problem because what is their track record like? Think about it. Like, like again, like I'm okay. being serious. Think about their track record. Like the fact that they they hear this idea from Coates and which in my opinion is a dumb idea and Warner Brothers is like hell yeah and it's like let's do it and it's just like this is part of your problem this is why you guys keep fumbling the bag like this is the same people that are, are that are putting out another yet another suicide squad movie this is the same people that are doing okay. peacemaker this is the same people that like that have pennyworth right and, and like this is the same people that are doing gotham again this is the same like when we haven't gotten superman correct that they that they they gave us you know the both Justice League and the Snyder Cut, like and like they gave us Green Lantern, like I can keep going, right? And, I, I, and like these are the same people, like and so like, and this is why like you know sometimes like you know these people who have these these you know these visions and all this other stuff need to be told no if if some of their ideas are not good and then that are not going to sell, right? Because their track record suggests that like this is not going to work out for them, and then at the end of the day, if this doesn't work out, the 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 the, the arguments that are going to happen are a um, you know, like, well, you know, like there was, there was, there was interference and like, you know, I didn't get to finish my vision. Like, no, that's not why it wasn't successful. And the other person is like, they're probably going to blame the fact that it's like, oh, well, we, this is why, you know, like, you know, like black heroes can't sell. It's like, no, yes, they can. Anything black sells, right? Like, look at, look at, look at history, right? Yeah. Um, like nobody knew who static, like who static was, but static shock was one of the most successful, uh, shows that the, the WB had and they didn't sell toys for it on the, like, uh, just because they were racist. And it was like, oh, there were no toy sales. Well, you didn't put any out there like to begin with, right? So that's your own fault. So again, yeah. their track record speaks for itself and it's not a good, and, and what they're speaking is not good. So again, like this is not, this is, this is, I don't think this is going to end, end well for them. I, I definitely see what you're saying, you know, and I agree that there are a lot of, I mean, you didn't even bring up Joker, you know, which I oh, think God, is probably the, the clearest cut example of Ugh. this, right? I, I, but, I forget that that movie exists because it sucks. But at the same time, you know, there's a world of difference between Ta-Nehisi Coates coming to you with an idea and Todd Phillips coming to you with an idea. You know what I mean? Like the caliber here is much higher than like which is really what makes it, which anyone. Is, which is also what makes it so what, so much more disappointing because like Coates Coates is a is a intelligent, talented guy. He knows all the characters that I that I rolled out earlier, all the other yeah. black characters. So why isn't like so why is, didn't he think about you know why didn't he think about uh, icon, right? Like, and like, do something to help, like, repair the relationship between DC and the McDuffies, like, you know, because they treated McDuffie poorly, and he get and he gave them a lot of the best things that they've ever done. A lot of your, a lot of most people's favorite things that have that have happened in DC within the past twenty twenty five years was done by him, right? Yeah. And so, and he he is responsible for it, whether it be animated or in print. But yet, like, they, you know they have not treated him or his legacy with the respect that it deserves outside of a couple of platitudes here, here and there during black history month. And if, and if Coates was like not aware of any of these things, well, that just shows me that he's not ready to do this. Right. If, if the only, if, if he knows, if he knew about all the characters that I mentioned earlier that have not gotten their shot proper shine. Right. And knows that, you know, and I'm sure he should probably be aware that, you know, black characters have not gotten their shine as much as, as, as they probably should, then yeah. he should have done that as opposed to being like, Black Clark Kent. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I, I guess the only the only thing that I would say is like, I'd rather see someone like Coates fail, uh, making making his own vision than than someone you know, generic coming in and just doing something that like the studio wants him to do. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> you could, I would rather see coach succeed and do it like, you know, and do it and do justice to, to, to the material that he's, that he's working with than to have this grand idea and fail and just be like, Oh, well, well, like, well, that's, that's kind of a waste of time. Right. You know, like, I guess. so it's <laughs> like, I mean, I don't like when, when, when we set out to do things and this is like, this is coming from somebody who like works in the, in, it works in the arts and, and it is in the creative field. Right. And so if I'm going to play a recital, I don't want to play and, and, and program the hardest stuff possible and fail at it and be like, oh, well, at least I tried it. I'm like, no, why would you want to do that? Right? Like, yeah. I, I would instead want to pick things that I could that I could play, sound good on, and it was interesting, but, like, also stuff that, like, that is catered to what I could do well and catered to what I can actually perform. I, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But I think that, that Coates is capable of, of more, you know? I think Coates can pull something like we'll that. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm already going to be... I'm like I'm like this hasn't even done anything yet. We haven't filmed a second of this, yeah. and nothing's happened with it. But I'm already exhausted by the discourse that is likely and and inevitably going oh, to yeah. come out of this, oh, uh, good or yes. bad. And again, oh, that's, I, and, that's definitely and, good. And for all of our sakes, I hope the movie is good, so that way, like <laughs> half of it, half of the discourse will be somewhat bearable. Because if it's yeah. not, um, you know, Lord help us all. <laughs> but don't say yes. that I didn't warn you. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yes. Well, the, the other thing that came that came out of this article was J.J. Uh, Abrams's involvement and how um, he really seems to be the driving force behind the DC uh, movies these days, yeah. which makes sense. I mean, if you're going to give that guy a huge contract yeah. to, to make stuff at Warner Brothers, it's like, yeah. Why wouldn't you have him handle the DC universe? Yeah. And I think that this probably goes uh, pretty, it, it speaks a lot to like why, well, I mean, amongst other things, why they are not going forward with Zack Snyder's, you know, Justice League 2 or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's because now they have someone else in there like Zack Snyder who has a, a, a vision for the future and they, you know, why, why would you have two things going, you know, let, let this person do his thing now and hopefully it'll all turn out better. I mean, you know, we can, we can only go up from where, where, where they currently are. Uh, that's true. I, 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 mean, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the possibility, you mm -hmm. know, as of right now, the likelihood is that we're just going to stay exactly where we are. I mean, maybe. I mean, I have a lot of faith in JJ. Like, I really love pretty much everything that he's done. You know, he's one of my absolute top, you know, filmmakers working today. And, mm. you know, so it's exciting to see him, you know, do all this stuff. Uh, and, and, like, so far he hasn't done anything. But w what he's done is he's, like, hired good people to do stuff, right? 
whether it's, you know, Coates or Emerald Fennell for, you know, Zatanna or whatever. I mean, it seems like he's, seems like he knows what he's doing. Let's hope so. We'll see. So uh, another comic book property, which is uh, heading to the big screen, is Bitter Root, which is an image comic. Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't read it. Have you read it? I have not, but it's a black family of vampire hunters. Yeah, monster hunters or something in, in uh, during the Harlem Renaissance. Cool. And it's being directed by Regina King. My homegirl. Yeah. So so that, oh, by the way, uh, speaking of which, I know that you said Jerry Maguire is your favorite movie of all time. It is. They're, they're bringing it back to theaters next month. So They are? Keep it. Yeah, keep an eye out, like June twenty fifth yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I'm excellent. Excited. Yeah, I love that movie so much. It's good. It's good. Yeah, so I mean, it's cool. I mean, Regina King obviously did a great job with uh, Once Upon a Time in Miami, and um, you know, this this sounds like an interesting idea. It doesn't really sound like a superhero thing; more no. of like a, a horror thing, yeah. but. But sounds like a cool idea for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, <laughs> the uh the team behind uh twenty two Jump Street yep. and, and twenty one Jump Street, I guess, but whatever. Some um, of my favorite memes come from, from those movies. That, those are great movies, especially twenty two Jump Street in particular. Twenty like the best scene of twenty two Jump Street is when Channing Tatum finds out that Jonah Hill slept with ice cube's daughter that's the best scene in that movie one of the best scenes in cinema history don't add me it's so funny it's so funny there's so many good scenes i mean <laughs> the whole gag with the red herring and yes. you know and then uh ice cube and, and queen latifah oh it's oh. so good at the dinner table yeah. oh it's so good uh-huh. i love that movie so much it's a masterpiece and then not to mention of course the end credits of that one yes i mean you now see that's how you do it Zack snyder if yep. you're gonna have <laughs> yep oh so great anyway um they are working on a new movie called the premonition which is based on a new book that came out i guess last week written by michael lewis the guy who wrote moneyball and uh, the big short and it's about three people who in the early days of the pandemic who basically said like guys this is bad. Mm-hmm. Like we need to like do something about it. And of course, spoilers, nobody did anything. That's right. And uh, yeah. And, and I, I I'm, I, w- I was unaware of this book, but now I'm like, Oh man, I need to, to read this book. But Lord and Miller coming into direct, they say that it's going to be kind of in the style of all the president's men, okay. uh, which is great. Um, so, yeah, and and the other thing that they mentioned in this article, which I'm like, wow, that's actually pretty impressive. Like, three Michael Lewis books have been adapted into movies. There's been Moneyball, The Blind Side, and The Big Short. All three have been nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Not sure how Blind Side got nominated for Best Picture, but whatever. I was, I was thinking that's that as well. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of those, uh, you know, one of those weird anomalies, but, you know, yeah. whatever. I mean, I, I also, have some thoughts on, on, on why, but... <laughs> There yeah, uh, yeah, and and that's the one I think more than the others, which is just like okay, you know, like apparently I haven't read the Blind Side mm-hmm. book, but apparently 
it's all, like there's that whole thing at the beginning where it's like you know Lawrence Taylor you know breaking Theismann's like ch- change the game you know and then all of a sudden like the you know uh, the 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 offensive linesman became like a, you know a premium a premium thing and that's really what it's about and like the the story of, of the movie the blind side is kind of like this little like anecdotal thing in the book mm-hmm. but the book is actually about like the economics of how you structure a football team and all that stuff okay. you know what i mean so more more in line with moneyball and yeah and friday night lights because like if you've read the book friday night lights it's more about um the the Reagan era impact on small town Texas and the and the economics of of high school football and 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 the and and race it's about that stuff it's yeah. not necessarily about the Permian Panthers they're kind of in the background they're just doing their thing yes yeah. oh, that's, that's interesting I need to check that out I yeah. now granted I there is a lot of football in there but like a lot of the bo- of that book is about like Odessa the oil boom Reagan yeah. era politics all that stuff. I, I did not like that movie, but the show is like one of my favorite shows of all time. Same. Know? So, uh, yeah, I'll have to check that out, that book. Um, I want to check out this book, too. But, yeah, I don't know. Lord and Miller, they're great. Yeah. So it's a match made in heaven. Uh, okay. So <laughs> The Last Dance, huge success for ESPN and Netflix. Mm-hmm. So Hulu's like... Well, we want our own last dance. Yep. How about we do that, but with the Lakers? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just do one on the Yankees while you're at it too. Like, or or that's going to be the next one. Like, you know, Paramount Plus announces you know Yankees documentary because uh, yep. ESPN's already doing a Brady ten part one that's coming out at mm-hmm. some point. Um, and then you know you could pencil it in. Like, you know, let's see how many how many years do you think LeBron has left? Uh, yeah, they got they got to put that on the schedule that, no, for. That, uh, there's going to be like a 12 part documentary because he, you know, he has to one up Michael, and yeah. there's going to be a bidding war to see who gets the rights to do that one. Oh yeah, oh, so yeah. you can just pencil that in. So yeah, fine, Hulu, cool. Uh, yes, I'm going to watch it. Yes, yeah, yeah, you'll watch it and everything. And I, you know, I was like, oh, and then the Celtics you know, I don't are going to come out with one the very next year. Oh, well, I, they they are working on the Celtics one. There we go. Oh no, 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 no! You know what they're doing? They're doing a Lakers dramatized one, but it's like about like the Lakers Celtics. So like, there's okay. a bunch of like Celtics players who are like in it. That is coming. That is okay. on the way. But that's not a documentary. This okay. this is a documentary. And, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, guys, you know, I see what you're doing here and everything like that. And then at the end, they're like, oh, and by the way, it's directed by Antoine Fuqua. And I'm like, you got you got me. Uh Okay, fine. You got me. I'll watch the whole thing. What do you want me to do? I mean, obviously, he's great. And it's really disappointing. I mean, well, it's kind of disappointing. Whatever. But um, his new movie, Infinite, is that what it's called? Um. I think it's called that. I, so. I forget what it's called. Anyway, with Mark Wahlberg, it, it was you know supposed to be a big blockbuster thing, and they were going to release it in September. And now they're like, oh, it's coming to Amazon like in a few weeks. Oh no, Paramount Plus, of course, okay. Paramount Plus because you know you got to subscribe yeah. to the mm-hmm. Paramount Plus. Um, but whatever, of course, I'll watch it as soon as it comes out. So yes, Antoine Fuqua, but yeah, hey, he just had that great 
basketball documentary, the uh, the day sports stood still. still. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm sure it'll be great. Yep. But I'm also sure it will not be as great as the Muppets Haunted Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like, 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 think, like, think about this. As I ask this question, are there any group of characters with a more with a higher approval rating than the Muppets and the Sesame Street characters? Probably not. Probably like seriously, I think it's like across the board, a hundred percent approval yeah. rating. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Like oh, my, wife, was... my, my wife doesn't get it for some reason. I'm oh like, really? What, what's wrong with you? I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, Kermit was on The Masked Singer this season, and yeah, it like that blew was up, awesome. It blew up the internet for like a week. That it was, was amazing. So cool. That was, was like, oh my god, that was so cool. That was so mm-hmm. fun. Yep, like, I love it. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Of course, and, and, I'm down with the Muppets doing anything. Yeah, and this is you know, of course, great corporate synergy mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, Disney owns Haunted Mansion. They yep. own the Muppets. So. Let's put the Muppets in the Haunted Mansion, but I'm like, I am there, oh, you yeah. know? Come on. Absolutely. It's, it's the best idea ever. The best idea you could possibly think of for, like, a Halloween special. I mean, they have, they have you know, a, a top ten Christmas movie already, so, yep. like, let, let, let's just keep it going. Let's just keep them doing stuff, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Why not? They can own Halloween, too. Yeah. The only thing that could possibly be better... <laughs> Is if they made a Bring It On Halloween movie. Oh, it's already been baratten. <laughs> so, which they're working on. Universal <laughs> is doing a Bring It On Halloween, which sounds exactly like it sounds, yep. where it's basically like Bring It On, but if it were a horror movie. Amazing. I mean, come on. Amazing. I love the first <laughs> Bring It On. Like, like no it's cap. It's a masterpiece. No cap. I love that movie. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. And I, I've never seen the direct-to-video ones just because I've been like, what? Why? No. Why? No, it's not going to. It's Why like bother? you can't. Like there's there's there are like heavyweights in that first one, mm-hmm. right? You know, Kirsten Dunst, Elijah Dusku, of, you know, Gabrielle Union. Like, come on yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Can't be beat. But, you know, this is going to give them a run for their money. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll actually come back. I don't know. Wouldn't that be, that be that'd great? Be, that'd be amazing. Because Gabrielle, I mean, ha- Gabrielle could still get it. Like, you, I mean, she's, I mean, she's ageless. Um, yeah, I mean, she could still be like one of the high school. Yes, kids. I know, right? <laughs> you know, I, it's they have said that like they're working on a sequel, like a legit sequel with Amazing. all the original cast and everything, which would be great. But I don't think that's what this is. But n- now I, I feel like I do need to go back and watch all of the the director the director video, video ones. ones. You know. <laughs> Just so I'll be ready for this one, but oh my god, it sounds so great! It's not coming out until next year, which is really disappointing. But it's all good. I'll, I'll be here. I'll, I'll be. I'll right. be here when it's when it's ready. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that's pretty much it for this week. Yep. Uh, Lance, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Sir Lance Laster on all of my social medias, and you can find me over on the United Federation of Podcasts talking about all the things that make Arrow Arrow. On always hold on to Arrow. And you can find us on Twitter at Do Not Fail Our Pod. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K. You can also find me on FilmDamagePod.com uh, doing a show called Film Damage, where we talk about film projection, time travel, and Star Trek. 
All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.